What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian, and today I do have a NBA update news segment for you. Um, wow. Last time we did one of these NBA pods, Javon and I were talking about the Lakers being the champs. Yes, sir. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Last time I was doing a pod, we were talking about the Lakers being the champs. And now we got to go defend our season, or our title, rather, uh, very soon. Uh, the NBA has just announced that they're doing a 72-game season starting on Christmas Day. Javar and I talk about it, man. We break it down, what this means for the Lakers, what this means for the league. Um, there's new new head coaches. Uh, head coaches are gone, new general managers. So much stuff to get into, guys. We're going to break it down for you. Um, and we, we also have a, an honest conversation at the end about the GOAT debate. Um, we kind of break it down by position. And uh, I, I think you'll be genuinely surprised to, to hear our answers, but we're, we're being extremely honest in this conversation. So it's a really great one, guys. I um, can't wait for you guys to hear it. If you're new to the pod, please hit that subscribe button. Um, we had, I do release content every Monday and Friday. And uh, I think that's it, guys. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not it. Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, now that's it. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. All right, we're back. Uh, Javar, what's going on, man? We got a new pod to do, uh, NBA pod. It's it's about time. You know, we're, we're, I mean, at least I am still relishing in the fact that we just won the championship a few weeks ago. But what's going on over there, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, same. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still basking in the glow of winning a championship. I mean, things move quickly. They're trying yeah. to start a new season in, like, basically a month. Um, right. So I guess we got to dust ourselves off and get ready and uh, you know, try to trudge through this thing. <laughs> yeah, man, this, this is the quickest turnaround for the current AirPod NBA edition that we've had to do. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's going to be even quicker for the players, which is what, what we'll get into in just a little bit. But I do want to start with, with a few just kind of updates and news around the league. Um, since we've been gone, man. Wow. <laughs> since we've been gone. Sorry. All right. But yeah, since, since since we've been uh, uh, gone, you know, there's been a few coaching changes. Um, one one we talked about that was a potential suitor for New Orleans actually ended up getting the job. Stan Van Gundy, uh, he actually gets the New Orleans Pelican New Orleans Pelicans job. What's your reaction to this, man? Uh, I, I I know we briefly talked about it uh, as a possibility, but now it's a real thing. So how how do you think he'll fit in New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, honestly, at the I think the last time we talked, I wasn't that high on the on, on him as a candidate. Yeah. But when you think about it, I mean, he probably was the best guy left. Uh, certainly one of the, the better names left around, unless it was some some assistant coach or some no name that we didn't know about. Or mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe Kenny Atkinson. I, I would have liked if they give it a look. But um, you know, Steph, uh, Stan Van Gundy's a he he has potential to be a very good hire. Um, you know, frankly, because he's he's had success everywhere he's went as a coach. Um, mm-hmm. Detroit, it, you know, he, he might have just been part of the roster. Wasn't about to say I don't, I don't know if he had the talent, but you know, he was the GM there, so he kind of messed that up. But that's, oh, okay. that's okay. It is what it is. Um, but um, I mean, you expect that he'll be good for a, a young team, um, guys that you know, frankly, didn't play any defense, didn't weren't held accountable uh, under Alvin Gentry. So you you know he's going to do that at the least. Um, you hope he gets the best out of Zion. I mean, you're looking at, you know, basically the coach that will develop Zion to be, you know, to mold him into his prime uh, if yeah. everything goes right, you know, because he signed a five-year deal. Um, but, you know, I still have some of my doubts. Um, he's a bit of a hard driver. I think he's going to need a, uh, 
you know, like a like a like a good cop assistant coach, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, some kind of some kind of brother, some you know, so that the players can look up to like as an uncle or father figure type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I have uh, concerns for Lonzo Ball, which you know, I guess as the Pelicans, you can't really, at this point, you can't put too much stock in Zoe. Um, you know, he's going on his fourth year, so, um, and it's not like they drafted him, so they're not, you know, waited or committed to his development, I guess, in that sense. But I don't know if Stan Van Gunny's quite the guy because even all his commentary and everything I've, I've heard from him, he he just doesn't sound like he's high on Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> Though he did uh, after he got the job, he said he wants to get the best out of him, and he, you know, he's he's excited to coach him. But what else is he supposed to say? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, man. You- yeah, uh, I mean, Stan Van Gundy, for me, the first thing that always pops into my mind is is his relationship that he had with Dwight Howard and how, you know, it started off great. And then it just soured as the years went on. And then that that horrible exit interview, which was just completely awkward that they caught on camera. Um, it, it, it just went really bad, man. And that that really left a sour taste in my mouth um, I mean, because that's, that's, is it his fault? Is that more like on Dwight? You know? Well, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, I, I guess we'll see because I mean, you know, back then Dwight Howard was, was, was a franchise player. He was a superstar talent in the league. So I, I think that Zion Williamson is a franchise player slash superstar talent in the league right now. Uh, well, at least he, he can be, obviously he hasn't proved that in the NBA yet, but we can all see that, that he has the ability to be that. So Hopefully, Stan Van Gundy can mesh well with the younger generation, which is something that that we've both talked about. Um, you know, having a having a players coach is something you know it's, it's something that a lot of people are going for. And I don't know if Stan Van Gundy is necessarily a players coach. Um, like if you if, if you look around the league in Golden State, I mean, obviously Steve Kerr is a players coach. Um, if you look in Brooklyn with Steve Nash, uh, like you know. I, I feel like I feel like a player's coach is kind of like where we're leaning, even Frank Vogel to an extent. Yeah, Frank Vogel. Um, so, but I, I I just don't don't get that same vibe with Stan Van Gundy. Now, I will say that I'm rooting for them. Like I I, I want New Orleans to succeed. Like they're going to be my league pass team if league pass is a thing. But honestly, man, I'm I'm not that optimistic about this. Um, I, I I didn't look at like the the years or however however long they signed him for but um he's pretty much flamed out everywhere he's went man so i wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty much more of the same here in new orleans um but it sounds like they really wanted ty lu and put all their eggs in that basket yeah where's he at oh the clippers that's right (laughs) five-year clippers yeah um so let's 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 talk about the nba uh starting back up you know originally it it was a big story (laughs) yeah yeah, originally, you know, they, they wanted to start up on Christmas Day and do like a 72-game season, um, no All-Star game w- with a playing tourney like they did last year. Um, they're, 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 they were trying to get fans in there, uh, but now they're realizing that that's just not going to be like this. <laughs> There's just so many cities around the league that aren't allowing large gatherings because of the virus. It, it just wouldn't be smart for them to try to fit fans in, so it's probably going to be another bubble, but... What is your reaction to this? Because the Lakers and the Heat just got finished playing like three weeks ago, and now they're they're expected to get started up in a, in another month. What's your reaction, man? Well, let me let me lay it out because a couple more developments have uh, came out recently. So, so the players basically just hate it. They they were all just like, <laughs> "No, this is too soon." Um, 
you know, we're not trying to do this. Danny Green came out and tried to speak with some of the Lakers, some of the like LeBron and so said. Jerry Dudley did too. Yeah, Jared Dudley, you know, if you, you guys want to start back in December, okay, that's fine. But, you know, don't be surprised if we're going to be low managing and barely playing. And mm-hmm. some other veteran players, so similar, similar, uh, you know, uh, stances. So I guess the players union pretty much was like, no, this is too soon. Like, why not just push it back, you know, another month, try for MLK Day. You know, it's January 18th. Um, it, it still should give enough time to fit in 72 games. And the league countered with like, okay, that's what, how y'all want to play it. Well, if, we're, if we play on MLK Day, then that means we're going to have to do a 50-game schedule, and we're going to have to withhold 40% of your income, um, and that probably means you're going to lose it um, because they, they withhold income like to just in case to there's like possible revenue uh, loss or something like that. Right. Um, and you know it's it's a problem because the NBA actually needs 72 games at least to maximize their regional and national tv money right? like it's like their deals mm-hmm. um and their tv partners like espn tnt etc they don't they don't want they, i mean they just saw how brutal the ratings were when they were playing in july and august and october uh they, they want the nba to play back in their normal normalized schedule don't go past mid-july and uh don't get close to football and they don't want this to get close they don't they, they know the olympics it's still going to be next summer, you know, they assume anyway. And they, they televise that too, and they don't want this to be, you know, to cannibalize that. They want the players to be able to make it to the Olympics. So, yep. you know, it's just like a whole bunch of out, outside forces. And it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry. It looks like it's going to be negotiations. Um, I think, I still think it's probably in the players' best interest to, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, play 72 ga- at least 72 games and, and you know, be there in December. If, if the league says they want it in December, they want, these Christmas games, they want, you know, whatever the case may be, they, they feel like this is like the best business model is to yeah. start back in December. Uh, so I think the players should just suck it up and play, to be honest. I mean, they've had four or five months off um, before the, the, the bubble restart. Even teams like the Lakers and Heat, I mean, there's two teams that went to October. Uh, maybe you could say, uh, you know, four teams that, four, that you know, that went to the conference finals. They, they were probably, but, you know, the four teams is like, dang, like, we ain't really get no break, but even mm-hmm. the teams that made it to like the first round, second round, they'll probably be okay. It's like a normal off season to them. I think honestly, all the players should just suck it up and just go and just just play and just load manage and do what you, I mean. It is what it is. Like every, I, yeah, you know. But let me ask you, as a fan, we're, we're NBA fans. We'll probably watch these games, but like, are you excited about you know these teams playing in empty arenas? Because I don't think they're gonna do a bubble per se. They might do like try to do like baseball where teams play like two, you know, play a team like two or three times in a row and when they're in the city. Yeah. And, and, you know, stuff like that. But I don't think they're, I don't think the players want to do a bubble either. Uh, again, like that was, that was part <laughs> of them. so, um, yeah. If like, are you excited for them to go, you know, Spurs and, and, and Thunder in, in OKC in an empty arena on, <laughs> on a Friday night? Like who, who's going to be watching these games even on TV other than like the big games? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that that's the issue at this point. I mean, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of those games where people just don't care. Like, you know, like you said, like you and I, we're fans of the game. So we'll pretty much watch anything within reason. I mean, I'm not going to watch like the Grizzlies and the Bulls or something, but uh, now I'm just playing. But yeah, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, it, it's yeah, I'm not playing. But yeah, it's 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 tough. <laughs> it's tough, man. Um, you know, I. 
this 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 entire conversation just brings so many questions for me because I mean obviously as a Lakers fan I'm I'm looking at the league sideways because you know we just won a championship and LeBron's 35 about to be 36 in December and I okay yeah yeah he's 35 going to be 36 this December so I don't I don't want LeBron playing uh, a 72 game season I mean a, a month and a half after you know all that we just went through in the bubble. So I I would be totally understandable if we started to rest players and we didn't play LeBron in AD on those Christmas Day games or, you know, whatever, like the first month of the season. But I, I know the, the league would be fining us like crazy. Like, it, it would just I don't know. Be, I, I, think, I think they would understand. I think they'd have to understand, right? I mean, that, that, it give us some exception, especially for some of our older guys. But they, look, it's, it's, they, it's they LeBron just, James. It's a nationally televised game, man. No. It's, it's it's all about well, money. Well, look, well, yeah, he'll play on Christmas. He'll play on the the big ones. But they better not be trying to like. If they were smart, they would <laughs> schedule all the Lakers games on the back in the in the, the later half of the schedule, not in the beginning. I agree. They like, won't play the Warriors and Nets yeah. and stuff. You know, teams that have been sitting out for like nine months. You know, yeah, play play some of those teams at first. The ones that are itching to get back. Yeah, and and you know that. That's another thing. Some of these teams have, haven't played since March. So, you know, like you said, like the, the, the Warriors who, who are coming back healthy, they, they got the number two pick. Like, I'm, I'm sure a, a December 25th start for them is like, let, let's go. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's, it's so many variables to this equation, man. So hopefully the season will start. Um, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you just because of the money aspect for the players. They'll get the most money if, if they play the 72-game season. So, you know, but, I mean, I would not be averse to them resting players. So we'll, we'll just have to see what happens with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my last thing on that is hopefully they figure out a way to, uh, you know, be able to have fans, you know, in some capacity. Yeah. Like, I just I just can't get over, the, like, them playing in the empty, soulless arenas with no fans. Like, the bubble, they at least tried to hide that and had the virtual fans and stuff. I, I don't mm-hmm. really know how they, they would do that. Why do you think that they won't do a bubble again? Just because I don't think the players want to do it. Unless they unless oh. they only have it, like, you know, they, they do a bubble every two weeks or something, like, or, or on a weekend or something, you know, and just play, play out a whole bunch of games. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'll do it for, like, you know, three months straight or something like that, like they did. Wow. Like it'd have to be like short bubbles and, you know, y'all just, just basically come for like a short period of time and then have a rest week or something. It, it would just, it will be janky. I mean, maybe they yeah. can get away with that. Okay. Yeah, man. We'll, we're going to continue to follow the story and see what happens. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's funny, you know, today, as we're recording this, it's October 31st. Me and Courtney were talking about this the other day, but like the Lakers always play on Halloween. Yeah, usually like, the, the league will just be starting back. Like, it's mm-hmm. just that time of the year. I'm not even worried about Halloween because it's just like, I'm usually watching the game, usually watching NBA. Yep. It's so weird to, like, not have a game today. Um, but let's, one, let's, one let's... One more thing on that. Okay. One more thing on that, sorry. And there's also the fact that, I mean, we, we can't figure out when the season's going to start, but, hell, free agency and, like, draft is about to be <laughs> in, like, a couple weeks. So it's about yeah. to be a lot going on. With yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Steven Silas, Steven Silas, uh, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was an assistant coach for Dallas for the past few years. Paul Silas's son, um, he gets hired by Houston. So we, 
me and you again, we've talked about Houston. We've talked about what a terrible situation it is. And it seems like they couldn't get anybody. Like nobody wanted the job. So they hired a new rookie head coach, which I'm I'm so happy for Steven Silas. He, he's a black man getting a job in the NBA, which is great. But this is just a horrible situation. Honestly, I feel bad for him. What's your opinion on this man and just the whole <laughs> Houston Houston Rockets in general right now? Why why you feel bad for him? This this is a, a young man got his first coaching job. Like there's only thirty of these in the NBA, so because he picked Houston or well or Houston picked him. I'm sure he had other interviews elsewhere. And you know, I mean, I'm sure that he's going to do good to great things there, but I don't know if James Harden's gonna be around for that. And I don't know if James Harden is gonna respond well to plan for a coach who hasn't done anything in the league and Russell Westbrook with his untradeable contract. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get to, into right? it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, especially with Harden. I mean, but I think both of them are 32, um, yes. you know, which sadly is considered old or getting, getting old, uh, in the NBA, uh, which is sad again, because that's how old I am. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> I mean, James Harden, I mean, at some point he's got to look around once he's done partying with his strippers or whatever island he's on. He's got to look around and be like, look, man, I got no center. I got no real assets. It's just me, Russ, and P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon and basically a whole bunch of scraps. <laughs> um, you know, we we just got our ass whooped in the playoffs trying to do this micro ball, and, like, we got no way to really pivot. And now we got no coach, oh, a rookie coach. Basically, this yes man that we thought would be okay for us, that because we didn't want somebody like Jeff Van Gundy, who is uh, you know, similar to his brother and maybe out of touch. We didn't want um, basically any kind of authoritarian, and and then guys didn't want to come here. Ty Lue just was basically using us to get more money. Mm -hmm. uh, Doc Rivers didn't even give us a sniff. <laughs> um, you know, same with all the other good coaches, um, and now Daryl Morey, the GM, just just ejected. So like. I mean, he's got nothing. He's he's got to be thinking like, you know, I'm not getting any younger, and if I ever want to win a championship, I've got to do it within the next few years. I mean, my peak is probably, man, I I, I don't know. Harden might be have the type of game where he could he'll age well, but oh no, like I expect him to be asking for a trade here soon. Also, their owners is kind of cheap and kind of I don't say he's broke, but um, his his businesses are in the services and and restaurant industry, and he's he's been bleeding money. Um, and he doesn't want to pay like a high payroll. He's pretty much been saying this every year. So they're stuck, man. So basically at the end of the day, like it, it might be best for the team and for him to, to just part ways. Now, I don't mm -hmm. know what kind of team would want James Harden. Uh, maybe the next one we're talking about this, <laughs> that they hired his, uh, his GM, Daryl Moore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, something's got to give here. He's got to opt out in 2022. So. After this season, he'll he'll have a lot of leverage because uh, he'll basically have one year on his deal. Um, you know, if he wants to demand a trade or whatever kind of power move, it's probably coming soon. And I also just like to say Westbrook also has the same kind of contract option, uh, opt out in twenty twenty two. Both of them have basically the same contract, forty seven million option that year. I have a hard time believing Westbrook like anybody will offer him anything close to that um, if he was a free agent. Um, so Harden, I, I think somebody might, you know, throw him that kind of max if he was to opt out. Right. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't, I don't see any ways that Houston can really get much better. I mean, Westbrook is close to untradeable. 
only teams that will take them are like are like lottery teams, like the Knicks or something. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the the Knicks absolutely will take Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much saying they'll take big money contracts for for assets. So uh, I don't know how that plays out, but they're just a mess, man. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's ugly. It's. I mean, are, are they even gonna make the playoffs? Like, let me stop. They'll make the playoffs because <laughs> off the strength of Harden, just averaging thirty-five. But um, it's sad. Yeah, you know, um, we 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 kind of touched on it a little earlier, um, but Philly um, has reached an agreement with Daryl Morey, the previous Rockets GM, and now uh, he's going to be the GM for Philly. And there is all of this talk about, you know. Darren Morey has got to get James Harden to Philly, and he's got to trade either Ben Simmons or James Harden to do it. Um, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid to do it. You know, I mean, honestly, if if I'm Philly and I, I know that everybody listening probably thinks I'm the biggest Ben Simmons hater in the world, I like I, I have nothing against the guy personally. I mean, obviously, I don't know him, but I mean, from what I'm seeing on the basketball court, he is not it. So, but it, it seems like the league thinks he is. So, um, yeah, if I'm Daryl Morey and Houston is going to accept any trade with James Harden for Ben Simmons, for, for anybody else besides Joel Embiid, I am doing it. Like, I don't care how it has to get done, but, like, I'm absolutely doing it. Um, but I think I agree with you. I think yeah. I agree with you. I don't even know how Harden and Embiid would fit, per se, but yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I agree that I'm out on Simmons. I just don't get why people keep saying he's like a top 15 player, man. I, I don't know. Like, people say that about Ben Simmons, top 15. Yes. Oh my that, god, that is like the, that is the consensus. I mean, he keeps making all NBA teams. So, wow. Okay, I disagree. <laughs> but okay, me, I mean, the, the are, we, are we talking about Philly now? I mean, the guy. He mm-hmm. I, per, personally, yeah. If it's not a trade like that, um, well, really, I think their first move is they got to get off of Al Horford. Some way, somehow. Oh, yeah. Um, so, whether that's, um, you know, trade for like Buddy Hield or uh, for, hell, Chris Paul, uh, that, that might be, that's something I'm hearing, you know, something like. Yeah. Um, and, and personally, I think they might be better off just, yeah, doing that and seeing if they, like, give this one more year with Doc Rivers <clears throat> and Darren Morey, see if they can make this work with Simmons and Embiid and the pieces they got around them. I know Tobias Harris is overpaid, but he could be your third guy. Or you know, the problem is he needs to be the third guy. So that means Simmons has to be step up, step up and be the second guy, and he got to get yeah. better. I mean, I don't know. I mean, times we're gonna t- say you know, hammer the guy's got to start shooting shots. I mean, this is what his fifth year, and he still barely shoots. I mean, it's just not gonna cut it. You could be good at everything else, but if you can't shoot, um, you know. You can be a, you can be a useful player, but you, you can't be considered like a to me like the, the second best player. Like that's like a like a he's basically like a like a Draymond right now, like a better Draymond. So yeah, I can take him as my third or fourth guy, but if I'm expecting him to be my second guy, that's a problem. So mm-hmm. um, so between Simmons and, and Tobias Harris, those are both third guys, and one of them has to step up and be a second. But anyway, so um, I, I think I'll give that a try one more time with these guys since they're still young technically. But yep. um, ultimately, if if yeah, if Houston is is looking to trade Harden, that's where I'd, I'd be the first one lining up. I think Ben Simmons for for James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I don't think it'd be straight up because Harden makes like forty something million. Yeah, Simmons the money doesn't 30, match. So, yeah, I have to add another guy. But yeah, whatever you said, whatever it takes to get it get it to work. 
yeah. even with it. But so, we're, we're we're some we're some Simmons haters, so I don't know. Maybe we just we can't we can't see <laughs> what it is that's so special about the guy. Yeah. And you know, it, it's crazy because I watch a lot of 76ers games. I mean, I, I watched them for Joel and B because I'm a fan of his. But you know, like I, I've I've seen plenty of games where Ben Simmons is just he he's not it. Like I I, I don't know how else to say it. But he's not a bum, right? But he, he's no, he, no, he, no, 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 he's no. like a to me he's like a Draymond or Lonzo or like a Marcus Smart. <laughs> like he's like one of those defensive guys that could do some stuff offensively. But he, you know, I yeah. just don't get the hype. By no means am I saying Ben Simmons is a bum for sure. But yeah, he's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look, so real quick before we move on to our next point. Um, which is wild in and of itself. But um, Bleacher Report has posted a nightmare on NBA Street where, you know, there's, there's been a lot, a, lot of, a lot of talk about these certain guys going to certain places. I just want to get your thoughts on these five guys if they do get traded there. So the first guy they have is Giannis to the Warriors. Obviously, this is something that, you know, that everybody has spoken about. Um, especially since Milwaukee got their ass whooped in the second round by Miami. Um, if I mean, and and now the Warriors have the number two pick, so blah blah blah. Anyway, how do you think this can get done? And do you think Giannis would fit well in Golden State? Okay, I'll answer your second question first. Absolutely, he would be Giannis <laughs> and Steph would just be too much. Um, I agree. But um, how can it happen? I mean, Giannis would probably have to ask for a trade, right? And he'd probably yeah. have to say, I want to go to Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he might have to say that because Golden State might have some of the more, I mean, between now and the draft, you know, they might have one of the more appealing options with their draft pick. Um, they also have Minnesota's uh, top three protected pick next year, which is which will be in the lottery, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, in, in a pretty good draft next year, too. Um, they also, I mean, that, look, I'm 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 I don't know how Golden State fans feel about this since he won championships with them, but I'm Get all for Draymond, Draymond, yeah. Draymond and um, Wiggins and whatever mm-hmm. else like um, uh, Pascal or any of the other young guys they got. I give them all up. Only ones I'd hold on to, like only untouchables for me is Steph and Clay. I agree. Anything yeah. else, whatever you want. I, I, for Giannis, hell yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I know. I mean, I I feel bad about it. I'd, yeah. I'd wish him farewell, and I'd have a you know a retires number and all that shit. But like, <laughs> look, he, <laughs> it is what it is, bro. It's a wrap. It yeah. <laughs> now nah, look, look, Bob Myers in Golden State is incredibly, incredibly smart. And one of the things that 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 makes him a great GM is the relationships that he builds with those players. So I know trading Draymond would break his heart, but I know he would absolutely do it. So. <laughs> I mean, if it's to get Giannis with with Steph and Clay, oh my God, um, yeah, they they would be scary. Like, woo! So I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. But you know, yeah. Um, so one more guy, Devin Booker. Devin Booker, uh, of course, has been struggling in Phoenix for all seven or eight years. He's been there. Um, you know, the 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 purported trade is going to Minnesota to finally play with his buddies. D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I feel like if all three of those guys were together, I think that they would be okay. But I don't think that they're like top four in the league or championship material. Like that team isn't going to scare anybody. You, you, you know what I mean? So like, 
I don't I, I, I don't know if if I would consider Minnesota like a powerhouse with those three guys, but what, what's your opinion on that? If Devin Booker could somehow get to Minnesota, man, that's, that's I have a hard time seeing him leaving Phoenix to go to Minnesota. <laughs> and then their their rosters are pretty lateral too, right? I mean, he's got something. He's, he might have a better team in Phoenix. Phoenix, wow. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is coming along pretty good. Uh, Cam Johnson turned out to be a pretty good rookie shooter. shooter. Uh, I mean, they could probably upgrade over Rubio, but he's been playing good for them. Um, and they they were like eight zero in the bubble. I mean, if I were them, I'd I'd keep it going. With what we got? I don't. Yeah. So I mean, I. If you go to Minnesota, somebody's got to play defense. So, who, I mean, your role players, <laughs> I guess, I mean, if, if they could get, like, Dort and, you know, <laughs> Jeremy Grant or something, you know, you know they got to get somebody that could play defense in the other positions. Yeah. I, I don't think that's necessarily a great fit because uh, Booker and D'Lo both want the ball and, you know, Cat's pretty versatile, but, eh, I think, I think that, I mean, so, just because they're friends, they don't mean they need to play together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Joel and yeah, no, no, that's no, okay. So yeah, Embiid, Embiid to Houston or Philly. It, I, I guess what they're trying to say is Embiid and Harden together. We kind of just talked about that, so I'll skip him. Um, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal to Miami to play with Jimmy Butler. This is actually extremely interesting because hmm. if, if 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 there's one thing that Miami was missing, it's somebody that can easily get them a bucket. And that's no disrespect to Jimmy Butler. Um, but Jimmy Butler has well, to work else. very hard to score. Yeah. Exactly. And just, just somebody else to put the pressure off of him. So I honestly really like this. And I think Bradley Bill can defend well enough. And I, I, I think he, he, he has the pedigree to even play in Miami. So like, I, I would actually really, really enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Bill, I think is, uh, going to be one of those key names. I, I don't think things got really much better for him in, in DC, uh, when he resigned his contract. I don't know why he did that. Um, money <laughs> yeah i guess just the money or, you know it might have just been something like you know his his wife or his kids and you know were in school or something and you know it, maybe it's personal but hopefully he's he's ready to start winning now um and and it sounds like he kind of is from what i've been reading he's sound like he's kind of you know realizing his his career is, is only so long and he's you know ready to try start winning again he, he hopes it's in washington but i don't know john wall coming off an achilles and uh, the rest of the team is former Lakers scraps, so I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> they got enough in the East, but um, so Miami would have to trade for him, I'm assuming, right? Right, yeah. So, so they probably have to give up Drogic and some other guys. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that that they would keep Jimmy Butler and Bam at least. I mean, so many teams like itching to get a bill that he'd be perfect for. He's kind of like that, that that guy that could just be that perfect wing. Scored after because he could play off the ball. Mm-hmm. He, he can he can do some stuff on the pick and roll with the ball. He's a, he's a decent defender, got good size. I mean, I'm sure I, the Lakers would love to have him. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Nets are trying to get after him. Um, even the Warriors. I mean, I don't know how that would work with Clay and Steph, but I, I'm hearing some rumblings. They might be looking to trade their put their pick for something like that. Um, wow. So I mean, it's a lot of competition for Bill. He he fit perfectly with the Heat as well. Um, and a couple other teams. So I, I hope he gets moved at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because the situation in D.C. sucks for him. Last guy, man, Chris Paul. Chris Paul to the Lakers. Um, this is something that, you know, David Stern blocked because he, he just didn't think it was fair. So, you know, 10 years later, I, I mean, honestly, 
if if Rondo goes to the Clippers, which there are rumblings of, I, I, I don't think he will. But if he does, um, Chris Paul w- would be a great guy to step in and take that leadership role. I mean, he's the perfect guy to take the playmaking responsibility away from LeBron. At this stage in his career, he knows his game. He's still very clutch. Uh, he, he can defend really well. Um, I, I honestly, I, I think he would be a great fit with the Lakers. I just don't see it happening. Like, I, I don't know money wise how we can make it work. It's, it's the money. It's the contract, man. He's making like forty something million. It's just, it's too tough. Now, if we go into the season, and I, I talked about this last night for Harden, and kind of joke around if we, if, it, <laughs> if the Lakers try to trade for Harden, but like it's the same thing with, with Chris Paul and Bradley Bill and whoever else is out there. It, now, if we re-sign KCP for whatever he asked for for market value, so anywhere from you know thirteen, fifteen, whatever million a year, um, we keep Danny Green, who's fifteen million a year contract. We got Avery Bradley, he's owed five mil, Javale owed five, and so on and so forth. We could cobble together some contracts to trade for one of these big, these big, big names. The guys making forty mil or whatever. So. If you know going into the season, that's possible we could trade for Chris Paul at the deadline or something like that. But it's still, I mean, then you've basically gutted your team down to three guys, and um, you know you're kind of depending on Chris Paul to to stay healthy. Who you know he he was he was able to do last year in the playoffs, but that's kind of the wrap on him as he tends to break down uh, the later in the season. And then I don't know, like like you said, like on paper. He would make sense. I'd, I'd love to have him if it wasn't for the money. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 and, and I think he's got another year after this one, too. So. Wow. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Now, if he yeah. like, <laughs> you know, get bought out or amnestied or whatever, something like that. Oh, hell yeah. It, then yeah, that's that's a that veteran's minimum, that. baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I, I yeah, I, I totally this agree. Year, but maybe maybe in like a year or two, if if. They're not. If LeBron's not Washington. Chris Paul's not Washington. Yeah. So forth. Well, he's a little washed. I'd, I'd like to have him back. I mean, I like to have him. He, 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 I'm sure he'd be better than Rondo. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's real. A monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the the last bit of NBA news I want to get to is the biggest news. My opinion, Mike D'Antoni, Amari Stoudemire, the seven seconds or less sons. They're going to Brooklyn to coach under Steve Nash. Uh, I, the, so, like, when I heard this, I just started laughing. It, it, I, I don't know why it was so comical to me, but it just was. Like, the fact that they're real life trying to get all the sons in Brooklyn right now. Um, and shout out to Amari for, you know, coaching. I, I, I didn't see that with him at all. Um, but, you know, I guess he's there to help the big man that they don't have. Uh, but anyway, man, this this is this is a very interesting move, man. How, how do you feel about it? I mean, that's the key word, right? Interesting. They add in so much intrigue, all these names on, the, on this team now. Um, I don't know if they'll be how it will look on the court because you, you figure seven or seconds are left, uh, you know, all those guys with Kyrie and KD. I, I don't know, like, how this with their roster. But – I'm sure they'll figure something out. Mike D'Antoni's an offensive wizard. Um, mm-hmm. So that that adds some legitimacy to Steve Nash's coaching staff. I don't know what Omari would bring. Uh, but, you know, uh, look, as as far as, uh, like, just intrigue, this is basically like a new team just popping up with all these players, with, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and Steve Nash and Omari and 
Mike D'Antoni and soon to be Barbosa and, and Roger Bell and Grant Hill and <laughs> Shaq. Just bring all the guys back. Uh, <laughs> Boris DL. Yep. Uh, 07 Suns on the way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Mary. But, uh, I mean, look, I, it's, it's tough to analyze. I don't really know how they'll look on the court and how Kyrie and KD will fit and how the dynamics will work, but uh, it'll be, they'll, they'll be intrigued. I think they're, they're by far the most interesting team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree, man. So, really um, in the league. I don't know about that. I, I, I think this next team that we're going to talk about is the most interesting team in the league. That's the Lakers. <laughs> We can't do a pod without talking about the Lakers. I know, guys. I know. You hate us. So, anyway, let's talk about the Lakers. Um, so, LeBron and AD decided to go to Anthony Edwards, who is the potential number one pick out of UGA. They decided to go to his workout with Clutch Sports. Um, the media did not like this. They were like, wow, like Rich Paul and LeBron are trying to own the NBA. Um, I, I, I personally don't the get the hate. Oh, yeah. The media or, or like agents? I thought it was rival agents. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing, right? Like, I mean they're they're putting their their thoughts out to the media, so I I just you know called it the same thing. Um, but yeah, like what, what what's your take on this and like all the hate that they're getting? Well, and there's like last week there was a report in the Athletic, uh, yeah, about all about you know the agents talking about how their, their time in the bubble blah blah, and one of the last parts was about LeBron, and basically there was this, there was a couple guys in there like really. Heartfelt hating, basically just saying like they don't like how LeBron is basically running the league now. He's basically saying Cl- uh, Clutch and Rich Paul is just you know basically LeBron, and mm-hmm. he's adding players to his agency. And some guys are getting taken care of, some are not, and blah blah blah. Um, and I think it just comes down to they just I don't I don't want, I don't want to sound cynical, man, but it almost sounds like racism in a sense. Like you just you hate to see someone come up from nothing and doing better than what you are now like mm-hmm. you know, just similar to like how some people just can't stand seeing like a like a black man in, in a nice car or in a nice house or something and they just start hating um i don't know it just it sounds like just something like that like because they could have done a pro day like they've got their own players why don't they reach out to espn and, and you know set something up like that it's not like you know it's not like it's it's some kind of special favor right so they just got to do better as as agents, and I don't I don't I don't think Rich Paul's doing anything. He's yeah he's using his players to help influence him, but like that's what super agents do. Rob Palenka, right. he used Kobe Bryant to help get you know, uh, you know James Harden and Iguodala and uh, you know all these other star players, uh, you know because Iguodala used to be a star. Uh, all these other star players to sign on to his agency and so on and so forth. That's how it goes. Michael Jordan did the same with his agent. Yep. Um, so it's just it's just hate, just pure hate. Um, Rich Paul, he, he, I mean, it's, he hasn't even been out for 10 years. I want to say he started becoming an agent around like 2012, 2013. He blew up. Um, and they just hate to see it. I mean, he's basically (laughs) the, he's, he's the super agent. He is, I won't say he's running the league quite yet, but, uh, kind of on the shadows, they might be because he's got the the most influential players now. Yeah. And like, I, I think a lot of it goes, goes back to LeBron, like, I think, I think like agents, they just don't they don't like the fact that LeBron has so much power, and I mean honestly, I, I love it because he's a player, like it, it's a player's league. So 
I mean, pretty much, pretty much what he says goes, and he he does have a lot of influence. So, I mean, maybe maybe if I was a Hawks fan and I wanted to get a meeting with AD, but I couldn't, you know, then maybe I feel a certain kind of way. But I can get those meetings, so I don't care. Um, LeBron, use your influence that, and dominate the league. And I think that is like a double whammy: is that he basically uses influence to get AD to demand a trade to come to his team, and they won a championship. So mm-hmm. I think they're just like, what the hell? Like this dude's the the the, the coach GM, and he's an agent, and he's maneuvering <laughs> stuff around behind the scenes, and he's winning like this, and he's yeah. doing what he wants, and he's got his own media companies, his own interrupted, his he's met, you know, first name basis with the president, with the former president Obama, and all this type of stuff. So they're just like, basically just hating the man. He's bigger than the game, mm-hmm. and I think that's honestly that that's LeBron's biggest impact is his to me his biggest legacy is how much he changed the game i mean the man he, he has basically like handcrafted two championship teams with the Cavs and the, and the lakers yep um so you know the player empowerment and you know just having the audacity to just you know just go where you want in free agency and you know not worry about it <laughs> uh all that type of stuff he and you know just his, his power moves Kawhi tried to do that last season didn't quite work out with the, with the clippers but uh, now other players maybe start trying to leverage your own, you know, their power. And, and I mean, power moves like that behind the scenes too. I'll say for, I mean, for, for the Kawhi thing, I think it did work out. Like, I mean, the I mean, point of player empowerment. Yeah, and like he 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 brought he brought a I mean a, a superstar quote unquote with him. I mean, yes. he he forced OKC to trade Paul George basically. So, I mean, obviously they didn't win the championship, but like I, I mean that that's sure. player empowerment. To me, yeah. but um, just because you didn't win a championship, I mean, it didn't work. So yeah. Yeah. Um. So just to kind of finish up here with the Lakers, man, and we're going to our final segment. But um, you know, free agency is coming up, as we spoke about it. You know, obviously Bradley Bill is a target that you know that again that we we just spoke about how everybody would want. Uh, another name that's been floating around for the Lakers is Victor Oladipo. How can we get a deal done with those guys? I mean, I I, I would have to assume it'd be like a Green and Coos type package for Oladipo, um, and I'm, I'm not sure how we can get Bradley Beal because I think he makes he makes what like 30 or 35 mil or something like that. So yeah, somewhere around that range. Yeah. So I mean, how how can we how can we get this done? Well, you know, I think we could cobble together contracts for Bradley Beal. I just don't think we have necessarily what <laughs> the Wizards will want. Though they seem right. to like all our players. They keep getting all our stuff. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> and, uh, I'll from THT or Mo Wagner. Oh, y- yes, I can't. I, I want your draft. Everybody <laughs> draft. I want. Uh, now, El Depot. He he's a bit. Of, I don't say damaged goods, but his value isn't quite what it used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Danny Green and, and Kuzma might be kind of around that range. And that might even be. Some might say that might be too much for El Depot. Sad to say. Wow. Because you don't want to give up a lot, and then. He opts out and just bounces, or, or opts out and wants more money, or, or he's a he gets injured again. You know, it's just so many variables with him. Don't really know what he wants. What you know, what's his? Uh, you know, does he want to trade, or does he? Uh, does he still consider himself like a a max player? All this type of stuff. So it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that one either. Uh, especially since we know we got a formula that works with our team. Um, I mean, on one hand, you want to get better, right? But like. Uh, that would suck if Oladipo, you trade, you trade like, you know, a starter and Danny Green and then a a, a prospective backup player in Kuzma um, for a guy that, you know, what, what if he gets hurt? 
or he's he's just not effective anymore. Yeah. And you know, now you're wedded to this. So I, I think that's a bit of a gamble. Um depending on, on you know what what moves other teams make, then you might have to consider that. Now if the Warriors all of a sudden, you know, use their trade exception for a guy and tra- trade their draft pick for a guy and now they mess around and got a stacked team again. It's like, well, we might have to make some moves. Uh, right. But as it stands now, I don't think that's the direction I would go. I, I think I'd more so try to just um, run it back and, and use the exceptions that we have on like try to get like a, a Gallinari or see if a Baca will take it or, or Marcus or something or um, mm. just all those type of guys out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I'll roll with that and then maybe look into trading in midseason if, if we have to. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not uncommon. I mean, this this past, you know, uh trade deadline we we got um Morris or well, I think we just signed it, we didn't trade for him, but yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, it happens to, to make teams better. So I would I would love it. I, I I do really think that we need to improve. I don't think we can run it back with this exact same group of guys and do it again. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we can. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I mean, I the, I just don't know. There's not a lot of free agents out there, and it's not like I think there's going to be teams. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be teams, as I think, are making trades to get off salary, just because the the hits they took last year, and then look like they might take this year. Mm-hmm. Some teams just being like, you know, what? we we can't win anyway. So why are we paying all these guys? And they're just going to look to offload money. Now, if the Lakers are willing to take on some money. Um, then they might be able to upgrade the team just off of trades, you know, trading a second round pick here or maybe trading a, a Kuzma or THT here for, you know, an actual veteran that can can help and, and you know, you might not have been able to acquire in any other year. So right. that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think we might be better served just kind of waiting and seeing instead of trying to make like a huge splat, unless we got something lined up. Yeah. Which we might. LeBron, I know you're working. I know you are. So, you know, you know Rob, be tempering. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, so I want to get into our final segment here, man. Um, one of my friends recently started a podcast. Uh, shout out Dion. Shout out the Y Sports Podcast. Um, him and his dad do the, do a podcast, and uh, they they recently talked about the goats. They they talked about you know who who they think is the greatest of all time, and they listed a few players. So I, I wanted to do something similar because I wanted to get your thoughts, but I wanted to do it by position, so we can kind of hammer down some guys. Um, so uh let's let's start with the point guard. Uh so we're, we're gonna talk about our you know who we think is the GOAT and our favorite player at that position. So I guess they could be two separate people. Um go first for point guard. So I got the GOAT as I still got Magic as the GOAT, five time champion, three time MVP. I mean mm-hmm. his resume is tough. And then I got Steph Curry number two. Mm. I got Isaiah Thomas number three. The uh, okay Detroit Detroit Pistons Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, nobody thought you were talking about Boston Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Well, maybe they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so who who who's your favorite from that position? Oh, and my my favorite. So though I got Magic as my goat, I got Steph as my favorite more so because I, I sit here and watch his career and right. um, you know his rise and everything. So I got him as my second. I mean, as my as my favorite. Um, I got I got Magic as my second. He, he's still cold. I, I watched some of his highlights. He's, he, do, he did some passes that pe- people still don't do today. So, um, and then three, man, I, I'm, I'm I kind of got a, a problem. I got Iverson three, even though he wasn't really technically a point guard. Uh, sure, yeah, he's a tweener, but yeah. I, and if and if you don't count him, then I'll say Chris Paul. But 
Okay. I, I'll say Iverson. Okay. Him? All right. Uh, controversy time. So, <laughs> I think the greatest point guard of all time is Steph Curry. Uh, point blank, simple. I so like uh, three time champ, um, unanimous MVP, back to back MVP. Uh, uh, this dude has completely changed the way that people play the game now. Like Damian Lillard shooting from the from the logo because of Steph Curry. Um, like kids and kids in high school, like in gyms all around the world, or taking pull up threes because of Steph Curry. Like the the absolute gravity that this guy has is just insane. He's literally the greatest shooter of all time. And I just like I, this this guy is just incredible, bro. Like maybe if I would have seen Magic live, like I'm seeing Steph, I would have a different opinion. And this is coming from a diehard Lakers fan. I love Magic Johnson. However, based on what I've seen from highlights and the NBA TV replay games, um, I'm taking Steph Curry. And, like, that's to me, that's, that's not a shot at Magic. Like, obviously, Magic is number two on my list. Five-time champ, went to the finals 100 times. I get it. Like, he, he revolutionized basketball in the 80s with Larry Bird. They made basketball popular. Okay. Shouts out to you. But in terms of, <laughs> in terms of so, actual so, so, skill, what you can do on the court, yeah. Let me let me ask you real quick. So, do you not consider like the '80s like real basketball or something? Real me, basketball. I, I, have, I have I have like a cutoff. Like, I, for me, the NBA before like 1975 or so was like, you know, not really real. Like it was <laughs> it was only like eight teams and a whole bunch of white guys and mm-hmm. you know, in the '70s guys were on a whole bunch of drugs. Really, the, the modern <laughs> era was around when the three point line came around in what like '78, '79, and um. You know, Magic and Bird came into the league, and, and David Stern took over, and right. that, that's to me when the NBA likes for was for real is when it started for me. For me. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, and, and Magic was like the main guy for that. He pretty yeah. much saved the NBA. Him and he, Bird, and yep, yeah, so, no, no, no. So and I, I said you, that. You, yeah, hold, like if you hold the superlative for Curry, like he changed the changed the game. Magic kind of saved the game, and he did, and like pumped the game up. And yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you say you. Know, Three-time, you know, two-time MVP, unanimous, blah blah blah. But Magic had more accolades, bro, and and he had Finals MVPs yes. and All-Star yeah. MVPs, and he was the guy. He was the guy of the league. Not well, Steph mm-hmm. was. He was that for maybe a year or two. Right. But, yeah. You know. So like, I I, I I said all that, and that that's why Magic is number two. I I personally think Steph Curry is better because I have seen Steph. Uh, I, I was born in '93. Magic's career was over in '96, and he was five and six in '93. So um, I, I didn't get to see Magic live and in color like everybody else did. So based on what I have seen, for me, Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time. Now, I have Magic at number two. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it's my favorite. I have Steph as well. I just, I don't know. I think, I think this guy is revolutionary. And I think in 30 years, we'll look back and we'll, like, we'll be like, wow, like, he, he like, really, really changed the game. But, yeah. I mean, he has a chance to be the GOAT. I mean, he, he he can add to his resume. I think he has a chance, but I, I just think he's not quite there yet. But, you know, everybody okay. has their opinion. That's fine. Yeah. So let's move to shooting guard. So this one, again, may be controversial. Um, but go ahead, Javar. I'll let you go first. All right. So GOAT is MJ, Kobe, and then Wade. And my favorites is Kobe, MJ, and T-Mac. Oh, T-Mac. T-Mac getting some love. Okay, okay. Do you, do you think T-Mac's a Hall of Famer? 
I, I, honestly, I don't, but he mm. made it, so it is what it is. But just because <laughs> he got, you know, he, he kept getting hurt and he couldn't really achieve all the things he needed to in his career to me to that establishes a Hall of Famer. I don't think you should make the Hall of Fame just because you had a couple good years and you, you know, put up stats. But, you know, I mean, because he didn't get, he didn't have a ring, he didn't have a Olympic gold medal, he didn't do nothing, he didn't go to college. So, um, so to me, he's just had like a couple scoring titles and some All NBA and some All Star teams, and that's all they gave him that. They gave him a Hall of Fame based off of that. So, so. I, if that's the case, then what's the difference between him and Chris Webber? Because Chris Webber hasn't made it. Do, do, do you think like the whole Michigan stuff is holding him out of the Hall I of do. Fame? Okay. Yes, I do. And, and uh, T-Mac also has scoring titles. So, you know, again, for what that's worth, he has sure. scoring titles. And I think he has more All-NBA teams, too. So Okay. All-NBA okay. teams like that. So. Yeah, I mean, Chris Webber made it further in the playoffs. I mean, if, if I mean, poor guy, like, if... <laughs> If he didn't run to the Lakers every year, he probably would have a ring himself. But, yeah, I, I think that the whole Michigan scandal was kind of holding his name back from the Hall of Fame, which isn't fair, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, yeah, shooting guard. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, say, I, I totally agree. He, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Him and, yeah. and like Ben Wallace and a couple other guys. Yeah. yeah. So, for shooting guard, um, also have MJ. Now, I, I know uh, everybody knows how much of a Kobe stand I am. Um, but, you know... It's, it's, it's really tough. Like, Kobe, Kobe, I mean, obviously models his game after MJ, like everybody keeps saying. Uh, I mean, but, like, if, if it's going to favorite, like, there's nobody. Like, Kobe. Like, <laughs> there's, like, Kobe, Kobe's my favorite player of all time. Like, there, there's nobody I would ever choose over Kobe. So, yeah. Yep. Same. I mean, yeah. look, and I've been, I'm, I've been, <laughs> most of my life I've been trying to bang the Kobe is better than Jordan drum. I've been trying to scream it to believe it, but. You know, when you, when it's all said and done, you look at you look at it, and Kobe had an amazing career. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jordan, man, it's just like something else. It was just something else. Six, yeah. six, six and zero in the finals. Um, his stats were unbelievable. I mean, when you look at him now, it's just like wow, like you just jump out the page. Um, yeah, his shooting percentages, all that, like, and he was a beast, man. And then look, the the last dance also just helped reinforce it too. It's like, I agree. Yeah, you know what? He he was the man. He was the man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After I saw the last dance, I was like, okay, I surrender. You win, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're the goat, God. Because I don't want you to take it personal. Um, small forward. <laughs> small forward. You know, th- this one. This one was really easy to me. Um, me too. I know I, my goat is my favorite. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, LeBron, LeBron. So I think. I think a lot of people try to make a case for Larry Bird and like maybe like a Dr. J, bro. Like to me, this is no disrespect, guys. It's not even close. Like LeBron is better than those guys by far. Um, and again, like that's no disrespect. Like Dr. J is a Hall of Famer. He's a great. I mean, what what he did for for the NBA, uh, for the ABA, the the dunk contest, like all that. Like J. Yeah, Larry Bird. I mean, in the '80s, you and Magic, like y- y'all, y'all brought the the freaking NBA Finals from tape delay to live. I get it. Mm-hmm. LeBron's better than y'all, <laughs> and we we talked about it earlier. Just what he's done off the court, um, his his whole decision to go to Miami and give players the power, and going to ten NBA Finals, nine straight. Like this, this dude, he's an NBA Finals MVP on three different teams. Like. It's it, it it is getting harder every year to say that he's not the greatest of all time, and that is saying something for me because I never thought that I would ever say those words. But when it's all said and done, he's gonna have every major statistical category locked up. 
and that's crazy. And hey, with with Anthony Davis as a teammate, he might be looking at another two, three more rings. Yeah, which is crazy. So yeah, it's it's, it's not done. It's not done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, so I've got LeBron. I've got Bird two, and I've got Pippen number three. That might be controversial. It's mm-hmm. either Pippen or or Dr. J. Okay. Um, I, I'm a little more familiar with with Pippen. And I, can can we talk about Bird for a second? Like, where, mm-hmm. where do you actually lay on Larry Bird? Because um, I'm, I'm a student of the game. I, I used to read a lot of books and watch a lot of documentaries. And from what I what I know about Larry Bird, he was before my time, just like Magic. But what I from what I know about Larry Bird is, it seemed like he made like every shot. Um, yep. <laughs> he was kind of like a LeBron type of game in a sense, in that he was a, a big wing who can um, he can rebound, he he can play make, um, and you know he's a leader, all that type of stuff. He just didn't have the athleticism, obviously, like LeBron. Um, and he's even like a, a decent defender. Everything I read, so they might have yeah. just fluffed that, but you know. Um, but at the same time, I just can't help but think whenever I watch the tape and watch everything I've seen, I just can't help but think that Kobe's better. But some reason, like Larry of course Bird he is. is like is like higher on a lot of people's all time lists. Well, that's because he's white. So I, I I have a lot to say about about Larry Bird. So first of all, uh, again, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and get away. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead and say all the nice things about him, about how whatever I already said it. But look, Larry Bird had a very short career. Like he he only played in the NBA, well, a short good career. Like by the time like eighty eight. 89 rolled around like he was done yeah like he was done man and you know that honestly that i I don't know how much of it is his fault and just how much of it is just guys just doing what they wanted and snorting cracking cocaine and drinking beers in halftime and wearing chuck taylors and not taking care of their bodies but i mean he he really had like eight good years and like don't get me wrong like he what three three championships he had one of the greatest teams ever in in 86 celtics um, multiple times MVP. Yeah, like like Larry Bird can play. That's that's not. I'm not saying he can't play. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> if, if 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 him and Kobe get first of all, I, I've never heard this, but if if him and Kobe get on the same court, it's a wrap. Kobe seven zero skunk. It's over. Um, but I, I will say for for his time against the guys that Larry Bird was playing against, he was great, man. Larry Bird was great. Um, I I don't rank him above Kobe. Um, I mean. I don't even know if I have a Larry Bird top ten as as far as like skill level, oh, but oh, no. well, if, I think if, that's what what set him apart was his skill. I think he he was a pure skill player. Like he he, he was similar to like a Luca. Like he 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 just mm. got off on his skill. Like guys were, were faster than him and more athletic. Yeah, but he hit you with all them fakes and them pump fakes and you know juke moves and just you know he just he was very tricky with how he played. Yeah, man, I, honestly. My, my my honest take on Larry Bird is that I think I think the media overhypes him because he's white. Um, in a in 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 a league full of predominantly black black players, I think that that they need their one white guy to hang on to, which is fine. But I think that makes them rank him higher than he really should be. Um, but yeah, that's that's just my honest opinion about it. Um, I mean, but look, anyway. it's tough to say. We we didn't live in those times. Maybe that's we how did. it was. Um, yep. I mean, for what I t- what I can see, he looked like he was cold. He looked like he was actually like legit. Yeah. But but maybe you I mean maybe that might have you know played in the part of how he won three straight MVPs. You know, the media votes on those awards, so maybe mm-hmm. you know you know they just had their great white hype and you know the fans and everybody just so struck over this white player dominating in the, in the league full of black players. 
And yeah. yeah, maybe he was just the guy, you know, the great white hype, like you said, and got a little, you know, he was, you know, maybe he could have been the best player, maybe even a top two, top three type of player though, his entire tenure of his prime. But maybe he could have just got pushed up a couple notches because of being white. Yeah, maybe I could see that. Yeah. So let's go to power forward. Um, this one was a little tough. I have Tim Duncan as the best power forward of all time. Uh, what do you think about that? I do too. Yeah. Okay. Even though, technically, the man is a center. He's seven foot, but whatever. <laughs> he played power forward though. That was uh, a you know, like half his career. Like the other half, like when he won the last championship, he was a center. Yeah. The 2013 Spurs. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And then favorite. Favorite was easy. I have Dirk and I have Amari. Um, Hold on. Who's your second and third? For GOAT. For, yeah. So Carl Malone, unfortunately, and Barkley. Even though none, none of those guys won championships, I think um, in terms of what they were able to do, man, like Carl Malone took his team to the finals two straight years. Unfortunately, he just ran into Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he's second all-time in scoring. Um, and Barkley, like, he's, I don't know, he, he's, he was like 6'6". I didn't realize how short he was. He was dominating as a power forward. I, uh, I just really respect his skill level and what he was able to do. Yeah, he was listed as 6'6", but I, I, I'm hearing he was actually more like 6'4". Wow. So that's even more impressive, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so then who you got for your favorites? Uh, Dirk, because my, my goats is different. Yeah, so yeah, just Dirk and Amari for my two favorites. But uh, you can go ahead with your goats. All right, so I got Duncan, and then my my second, I was I was struggling with this one because I Malone and Barkley. Well, look, let me just say, I think I think Dirk is better than than Malone. Okay, and, and that's Barkley. that's that's got, an I, argument. I got I got Dirk second. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I, I love I mean, Dirk. <laughs> And we were just talking about like like Larry Bird and the Great White Hype. I mean, so Dirk was is he he had like a longer career, and honestly, he never hit the heights. I don't think he was ever a top five player in his entire time. I mean, even when he won MVP, he might have been like five. You know, when he won mm-hmm. a championship, he he was hot. That he was the best player in the playoffs that year. But he, he you know he it's not like he you could say at the end of the day that he was the best player of the league. He just had right. he, was, he was hot. He was hot, and he was not going to be stopped that year. He won the championship. Um, yeah. Which honestly, you know, that vaults him so so high in, in in my standing. Like honestly, that that was one of the greatest playoff runs I've ever seen. Like the the dude would not be stopped. Yeah. Um. And to, to that type of determination, I mean, to me, that's what legends are made of. And Malone never did it. Um. Jordan, yeah. I mean, Barkley never did it. Malone actually had a reputation for coming up short in the clutch. Barkley, he he didn't really quite have the chances. Um. You know, he he only had a good team, like maybe like three years out of his career, like the contending team anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I got Duncan one, Dirk two, and then I got Malone three, and I got KG over Barkley. Mm. I, you know, you know, you said only do top three, but there's just so many powerful. Like I said, I had a hard time with this one, and I had to cut it down. I did, I had to do it like this, like just list them like like that, and just kind of ranking, you know, ranking file. So. Where do you have KG on there? Because talent-wise, I mean, he was like rival would like honestly the the 2000s was mostly like the power forward era. Had Duncan, yeah. Dirk, KG. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal, Wallace, Wallace, Chris Weber. Yeah, there's so many guys, man. So, but KG was kind of right there with Duncan for most of their careers. Yeah, I, I man, I don't know about KG. For me, KG 
uh, he's he. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I respect him as a player. Um, I I always try to build like my two K my player off of him, <laughs> but <laughs> I just I don't know. Like for some reason, when I'm thinking about the greatest power forwards of all time, he his name just doesn't ring a bell for me, and I don't know why. Um, maybe you should, but like I, I, I automatically I think about Tim Duncan, I think about Dirk, I think about Malone, but KG his his name just doesn't for some reason I don't know why man it, it just doesn't pop in my head. Um, I mean, but like you know he had a twenty year career like the last four or five years he was flabby and sick, but that's okay that happens. Um, but I mean yeah he, he he was an integral part of that Celtics championship team. I mean he won an MVP of the league. He got he took a Minnesota Timberwolves team to the Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, he's great, but his name just doesn't pop up for me. And I, I mean, I don't know. Well, it's probably fitting because as great as he was, he probably was never that number one type of guy. Honestly, his his career <laughs> kind of reminds me of AD in a sense because he mm. was great, obviously put up numbers, but for some reason just couldn't win in his teams in a small market and he needed to be with somebody else. KG waited too long to where he was like almost at the tail end of his prime before he got to the Celtics, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me go with my favorites. My favorites. I mean, my man Anthony Davis just vaulted to the top of the list. I mean, I'm sorry. Wow. This playoff. This playoff okay. run is unbelievable. Like okay. I, he was looking like Kobe out there with some of his moves, bro. Like his jump yeah. steps and like it was. It was just like wow. So, yeah. He's. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm just recently biased right now, but he's he's my favorite power forward. And I got Pal Gasol. Uh, and then pow 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 pow. <laughs> Powell, who is super underrated, he better be a first ballot Hall of Famer and better get his jersey retired in the Lakers. Agree. Lakers. Agree. Um, so yeah. But what is what would it take for AD to vault into like a top three on this list? Go power forwards. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's that's he, what he wants. He, this guy wants to build yeah. legs. He wants to be a goat. He he needs to win individual awards. Like he, he's got to win a Defensive Player of the Year. He got to win an MVP, um, a Finals MVP. He's got to do something. Like all of those guys. I mean. That, that we mentioned have have something like they, they all have some type of individual award. Um, you know, an NBA championship is great, but Robert Ory has seven. No, I'm just playing. But, uh, <laughs> but no, for real, yeah, like if, if, if we're talking about go, first of all, AD is 27. I think he's not, he's my age. So mm-hmm. he's, his career is literally just getting started. Like he still has 10 years left to, you know, fill, fill up the stat sheets and get his accolades. So when, when, when it's all said and done, hopefully he has some of that hardware. But right now, I think that that's what he's missing in terms of a GOAT conversation. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's go to centers, man. This is this is another one that was that was a little tough, and I, I was trying not to be biased, but I ended up being biased. All uh, Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have Kareem as, as the GOAT center. And, again, like Kareem and Shaq are, like, interchangeable. I have Shaq, too, but, bro, like, Six six championships, six again, MVPs. You look at those numbers, it's yeah, like, like, just like it's tough. Yeah. It is so <laughs> tough. Like Kareem is just he is so dominant. Skyhook, I mean, it, it's tough. But like, if, if we're talking about a guy, I actually saw like I, I still think the most disrespectful play in NBA history is when Shaq did that spin move, dunked on the dude from the Knicks, kicked him, and then and then just Pointed pushed him. him out. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, Shaq, like. <laughs> <laughs> This dude's just disrespectful out here. <laughs> but yeah, so Shaq, Shaq is my number two. Like, in, in my opinion, he he's the most dominant ever. Um, and I, at number three, I have Wilt, who he played with, as as they like to say, uh, mechanics and mailmen uh, <laughs> and other uh, other you know six six white boys 
And obviously, it's not it's not his fault who he played against. But I mean, if I don't know, like I'm 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 pitting his competition against Shaq's competition. I'm looking at what they both did. Obviously, Wilt was able to drop 100 on them six six white boys, but Shaq was able to average damn near 40 in the finals against other seven footers that were athletic and could play too. So I kind of lean lean a little bit more Shaq's way. And um, you know, we've this is something that's been said before, but like people people look at Shaq and they they see they see him dunking on everybody, but like I, I think a lot of people fail to realize just just how how good he was, like how well he could run the floor. Um, how, how, how great of a touch he had around the basket. Those little jump hooks were always money. Um, I, I just wish that he actually gave a damn and like took better care of himself physically. Like he, he could have done more. Um, but man, look, it, it, it's, it's hard to argue with a three peat, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. for, for me, Shaq is my all time favorite center, but I, I think Kareem is still the goat. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, only, only disagreement I have is I have, uh, I got Kareem Russell Shaq, and let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. Russell, you know, so he was his his thing was similar to Wilt. You know, he only played against six six uh, milk boys and, and mailmen, and yeah. um, and there was only like eight teams and all that type of stuff. But at the same time, he dominated in a whole different way. Like he right. was basically just uh, no fly zone defensively. Um, and he was like a, a hub on offense was as far as like high post passing and all the type of stuff. Like just he I think he fully maximized like everything he had. Whereas he didn't have quite the talent and size and stuff like Shaq and Wilt and all that. So um so I I have got him and he got what like eleven championships, like right. amount of accolades. Um so I, I give him that. Um and I got Shaq third and Wilt fourth. I just think Shaq was more impressive than Wilt in the context. Um, yeah, because he was actually able to win. I mean, it doesn't make no sense that Wilt all the numbers he put up and only got one ring. Like, um, yeah, and he actually kept losing to Russell, who he was, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So my favorites is Shaq, Kareem, and then Russell. I just, I, I just, I'm fascinated by Russell's like how because he wasn't, he was only, only only quote like six nine, six eight, something like that, and skinny. Right. Um, so just how he, he was able to win and dominate his whole ethos and all that was real interesting to me. And just like, you know, the way the game is meant to play, be played. He was like the first star role player in a sense. Like he just fully embraced, he didn't have to be a scorer and he just did everything else on the team to win. So I, you know, I, I like that story for him, but yeah, I agree totally with what you said about Shaq. And I think I kind of hold that against him in a sense, cause he should be right there with like number two or, you know, maybe possibly number one. I agree mm-hmm. he's the most dominant. I don't think Kareem or I don't think any center in the of all time could guard Shaq. I think he would absolutely dominate anybody. I agree. Um, but, you know, as far as like having the career, I mean, we, we both agree that Kareem is just too tough to beat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like Shaq, he could have done more, like you said, um, if he just took care of his body and, and, and tried to improve in the offseason instead of just rehab and recover. Um but it worked for him, and he had a fantastic career. But, yeah, he could have been – honestly, he could have been the greatest of all time, honestly. I mean, Yeah, he could have been. Yeah. He could have been. But, yeah, man, it wasn't meant to be. Um, but, look, man, we had a great pod today. Honestly, I didn't think we would do an hour plus, but somehow we did. Uh, so that means the conversation was great. And I appreciate you being on, like always, man. I uh, can't wait till we do it again. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Current Era Pod. 
again guys i do release content every monday and friday so um please hit that subscribe button um really appreciate it really helping the pod grow also if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please leave me a five-star review that'll also really help the pod grow and um since today's friday guys i'll see you on monday i have a very special star wars themed episode for you on monday i can't wait for you to hear it it's a great episode with uh mondi jake and uh mike so we're gonna have a really great episode on monday i can't wait for you to hear it so stay tuned for that man i'll see you on monday